we're back again with our latest episode of In The Saddle Podcast. Day one and day two of our Cheltenham Bank previews are now live and can be accessed on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud. These can be found directly through our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages. For future podcasts, make sure you follow us on all our social media channels so you don't miss any of our latest bet previews. The Scottish Suns' Jim Delahunt is back for our betting preview of day three at the Cheltenham Festival with our resident judge... Lucky Loaders. Day f- Thursday, day three of the Cheltenham Festival, focus will be on the three grade ones, the Marsh Novice Chase, the Ryanair Chase and the Paddy Purr Stairs Hurdle. Let's start with the first race on Thursday, day three of the Cheltenham Festival, uh, the 120 Marsh Novice Chase grade one for five row plus over two mile three furlongs. We'll start with Jim Delahunt. Um, this could be the search of the week, potentially. I suspect you're absolutely right, Mark, because this is the race which uh, Envoy Allen has been uh, nominated for by Connections right from uh, before Christmas. This is the race he's going to go for. Jack Kennedy will retain the mount, despite the fact that he's been switched in rather unfortunate circumstances to the Henry de Bromhead yard by the owners Chiefly Park Stud. We don't have to go into all the details about the Gordon Elliott situation, but uh, he will be under the name Henry de Bromhead on the day on Thursday. Of course, we switched to the new course uh, for racing Thursday and Friday after two days on the old course, Tuesday and Wednesday. Envoy Allen, uh, 400 grand he paid for this horse after his point-to-point win. Uh, he won the bumper at the festival 2019. He won the Ballymore last year, 2020. I think you probably think he's going to win the Marsh this year, 2021. And we expect he might even win the Gold Cup 2022. I think he is an absolute good thing on day three to win the Marsh Novices Chase. I think his jumping has been absolutely superb so far this season. Jack Kennedy gets on with him every bit as well as Davy Russell did. I don't foresee any problems whatsoever. It will be a major shock if this horse doesn't win the marsh in my book. Jim Bellant sounds uh, slightly, slightly bullish on this one. Um, I'm sort of looking at the prices right now. I mean, Envoyan, I mean, there's a bit of 8 to 11 there. And obviously, we've done our, our day two uh, betting preview of the Cheltenham Festival. And I mean, Look at this way. Would you rather be on NYLN? Uh, you still get eight to eleven in some places, or would you want Shark and Prisoir at five to six? I mean, it's mm. chunk and cheese, isn't it? Um, and there's one other variable you've got to take into consideration here as well is NYLN. Um, this this could go off really short as well because if the other shorties start winning on on day one and two, the multiples start racking up. I mean, this could potentially. I mean, I, I do think NYLN will probably go off around one to two, four to nine. Um, I think this thing. I mean. Won the champion bumper in 2019, hosed up in the Ballymore Novice Hurdle 2020, stays the trip, will handle the ground, um, has the being of all these on form. The way I'm sort of looking at it is if Envoy Allen stays on his feet, he's a one-on-one chance, isn't he? Bullish, but I just I just can't see him getting beat. Uh, Lucky Loaders, what, what's your views on this one? Yeah, echo all, all your thoughts there. I, I think this race could potentially really cut up and be quite a small field, to be honest with you. I think quite a lot of them will be scared, uh, scared of Envoy. But then at the same time, there's a lot of horses in here that I could see maybe going for the Brown Advisory or going for the Arkle. The one away from Envoy that we do know is definitely going to turn up here is Sham Blue. Thought his form was a little bit disappointing last time behind um, Sporting John, who uh, kind of came out of nowhere, really. That was a bit of a surprise win that day. 
Um, I don't, I don't know about Shamblu. I, I expect that he'll uh, he'll try and make the run in, and Envoy will just try and track him, and then hopefully come and do him for a little bit of toe uh, in the closing stages. Uh, yeah, I honestly think this race has no depth to it whatsoever. The only horse that I think, I w he wouldn't give him a scare, but I could see maybe finishing behind him is maybe Chantry House. He did run the most peculiar race I've ever seen uh, behind Lieutenant Rocco and Fusil Raffles. That was a really odd race um, back at the December meeting. I think there was one or two issues uh, that Nicky Henderson said about in a couple of interviews that I've seen earlier this week, which they ironed out. And he was very impressive, I thought, when he won at Weatherby. Uh, beating Coconut Splash, giving away the penalty there. And I think Coconut Splash as well is quite a well-handicapped horse and will win a nice pot for Evan Williams at some point. So he would probably be the one for the forecast purposes that I would play. But I think Envoy, I, I'm, I think he could be even short. I could see him going off one to three. Um, I, I think, yeah, if he, if, if he jumps a clear round, he wins. Simple as that. So, yeah. Not not original, but Envoy Len uh, will take all the beating. It's 11, Luke, looks 5 for me right now. Um, it's really good value. Just alluding to uh, Sham Blues or Dan Skillens, my issue with this one is that I mean, very, very keen in, in the running. Um, and I mean, as soon as he came off the bridle at Sandown, obviously, sporting John outstanding, I mean, didn't, didn't find a lot. Um, I mean, I could see this one potentially being out the three as well. So there's another angle. Is that, is that a place lay as well, potentially? But... On the win purposes, Envoy Alan eight to eleven. I mean that that looks like good value. Um, and it's a full house. Chris Loader, um, Jim Delahunt, and myself we're all keen on Envoy Alan and to get the ball rolling eight to eleven in the Marsh Novice Chase. Moving on to the second race, we're going to look at we're going to look at the two fairies, the Ryanair Chase Creek one five row plus run over two mile four furlongs. Jim Delahunt, this is wide open. Who are we from this one? Yeah, it does look wide open, uh, the Ryanair chase. Um, obviously, uh, race won last year by Min for Willie Mullins. Uh, Paul Townend was in the saddle. Frodon won it for Bryony Frost the year before. Uh, it's got a fantastic role of honour, of course. Uh, the the horse that I like for this one, uh, maybe not as, as obvious as we've been uh, in the previous race, is Tricky Nicky Henderson's Mr Fisher, which is priced up between sort of 8 to 1 and 10 to 1. Uh, finished fourth to Sam Crow in the Marsh last year, course and distance winner, uh, owned by the Potters, one of his uh, favourite owners, uh, by Jeremy, very fashionable at the moment. I think Mr Fisher's got an awful lot going for it in, in this particular uh, race, uh, the Ryanair Chase, on Thursday. Um, hasn't run since uh, beating Kalashnikov over course and, distance, course and distance on this new course in December. He's won three of his six races over fence. He's won six of his 13 starts overall. And I think he's got a tremendous profile at the odds that you're likely to get. The two Mullins runners, the two prospective Mullins runners, we don't have a final field yet. Mellon and Min both trading about six to one. The other uh, Mullins possible, Alaho, currently the five to one favourite. I, I think Mr Fisher, slightly under the radar here. And I know that Nicky is quite keen on it as well. So at the prices... I think Mr. Fisher to win the Ryanair. Yeah, one thing uh, is, a, is a, a good variable in this one's favour is I think this horse is going to come in there fresh. Um, obviously, his Very last one was on the yeah was that was that Cheltenham and, and seems to show show the best form there as well, winning twice at Cheltenham. Uh, obviously, most recently in the Peterborough Chase Grade Two on the 11th of December, uh, managed to find you about a bit of ten to one there, hit Jim. 
um, but definitely a live live chance. Um, I think Allo was short enough at the top of the betting, um, and Mellon. Um, I'm not too sure about that one distance wise. That'd be probably one I'd be wanting to take on. Uh, Lucky loaders. What, what's your view on this race? Well, I actually like Mellon for this race. Um, I think Cheltenham brings out the best in him. This is where he's been the bridesmaid on three occasions. Second in the Supreme, second in the Champion Hurdle when he gave Bouvadera a scare back in 2018. And then he was second behind Sam Crow in the Marsh last year where he actually holds Mr. Fisher. Um, Cheltenham is definitely his course. Um, you know, and he's been unlucky. He reminds me a little bit of Nin in the fact that he always seems to, to run a good solid race at Cheltenham, but always bumped into one. But I think this is a wide open uh, race this year. I'm not keen on Alaho at all. I think that horse has, has a far too, too big reputation. I, I think, um, I, I don't think he's as good as what a lot of people make out. I'm not sure beating Ali May and giving her two pounds and just scraping home the last day is that particularly uh, strong form. I don't know particularly as well how good the RSA or the old RSA, I should say now, how good that form is from last year. So Alaho would be definitely one I would be eager to take on. Imperial Aura, obviously Kim Bailey sending a strong squad to Cheltenham this year. He's going to have a good team. But I can't back him after what he did last time out. That was unlike him. But you do have to respect his chances. But for me, I think Mellon is just a standout. You know, I think this is going to be his one shot he's going to have to win his deserved grade one at Cheltenham. I think the two and a half mile trip is exactly what he wants. I don't think he quite sees out three miles. I don't think he has the the, the toe to win over two miles. Two and a half is ideal for him and I think uh, I think he could go a favourite on the day and it'd be interesting as well to see who Paul Townend does pick I suspect he will pick Alaho so it would be interesting to see who does get the ride on um, on Mellon because uh, we won't get Patrick Mullins who's ridden this horse uh, a couple of times at the festival so yeah it'd be interesting to see who gets the ride on Mellon but for me I, I think he he's the one that will take all the beating, and I'm hoping he'll get his day in the sun. I have to disagree, Lucky Loader, is mean. I, I just don't know what, what, what this horse's best trip is. Um, I mean, he traded as low as 107 and running. He's 16s on, 16s on, and um, we beaten a neck by Sam Crow uh, last season at Cheltenham. Um, I mean, I'm slightly biased here because back, back in 2017 in the Supreme, I actually backed uh, Mellon 25 to 1 and he posted for the Supreme. So you can imagine uh, how I felt after that race when the bet came and it absolutely done me. Um, it was an absolute sickener. Um, I did think I did think Mellon was a bit disappointed in Paddy Power Irish Gold Cup chase on uh, the 7th of February. Uh, and again, I mean, as you alluded to, the trip of Rima, I just think it was too far on the Savills chase on the 28th of December at Leperstown as well. He's traded as low as 8 to 13 and running uh, when going off 40 to 1 there. Um, so there is potential uh, for this one to travel well. Could be a trading angle. Uh, Ken Boyd, the eventual second to a plus start that day. I mean, a plus start came with an absolute, an absolute ridiculous run and a final fall. And that's traded 101 and running that day. But anyway. Going back to, to Mellon, uh, currently a 6-1 to chance. I just think it's a horse diff- difficult to win with. Uh, it's getting the right trip uh, for Willie Mullins. Um, it's probably one I, one I probably want to take on, Lucky Lords. We don't seldomly disagree, Chris, uh, but we've definitely found it here. Um, 
and Jim Delhans, keen on Mr. Fisher and Nicky Henderson. Nico will probably take the ride. It's about 10 to 1 chance. There's another one I'd like to mention as well is uh, St. Calvados. Um, is Harry Whittingham and uh, Gavin Sheen is currently 11 to 1 chance. And this this one travelled like the winner for you in the King George for me on Boxing Day. Mm-hmm. He's had 11 to 4 and running um, after going off 14 to 1. Was bigger in the morning that day. He was currently earned 33 to 1. So there was some support from him in the office. Um, this one is often often a keen traveller, so if Gavin can settle, settle him early and get get cover, must have a live chance here to at least fill the placings. Uh, we'll appreciate the step down in trip as well to two mile four, uh, but wouldn't want it too soft. So I think he's a live chance, but obviously maybe wait to see see what the ground's like on on day three. Um, so just to wrap up selections uh, for for this one, we've got a uh, lucky loader's keen on Melon at six to one. Jim Dell Jim Dillon is keen on Mister Fisher at ten to one, and uh, I'm quite keen on Saint Calvados currently best price available at eleven to one. Moving on to the last race we're going to cover on Thursday, day three, and that is probably the most anticipated, the most anticipated uh, race of the day. Um, obviously, we've got some big news that uh, Time Hill is now a non-runner uh, with the Paddy Power Stairs hurdles of 305. Um, Pacey Partner heads to bang at 15 to 8. Um, Aidan Coleman will certainly be happy as well. Maybe send him a message, lucky loaders. Jim Delahunt, um, how do you see this race going? Well, it's very interesting, isn't it? Because Time Hill was a big fancy uh, for a lot of people. Obviously, Richard Johnson thought that was going to win the Stairs Huddle for him as well. Uh, he's had two uh, fantastic battles this season already at Newbury and Ascot with Paisley Park. I can see why Paisley Park is now the obvious favourite uh, because Time Hill is out. Emma Lavelle's horses have picked up in recent weeks and Aidan Coleman is definitely no negative on that one. Uh, Paisley, he knows exactly how to ride the horse, but you're asking the horse to come back after losing the stairs last year to Lisnagar Oscar, won it of course in 2019, but uh, lost it last year to the 50 to 1 chance Lisnagar Oscar, which I can't see following up this year uh, for Rebecca Curtis. So I would put Paisley Park in front of that one this time round. But the one I'm very, very interested in, and it is a bit left field, is for the trainer who will be standing in for Gordon Elliott, that is Denise Foster. Uh, she will probably run two, one of which could start at half the odds of my selection, that's Sire de Berley. Uh, but I, twice the per temps hurdle winner, of course, but the one I fancy is the storyteller owned by Mrs. Pat Sloan. Uh, the storyteller, rock solid form over the years, now a 10 year old, but arguably, I think, in the form of his life. Two lengths second to Kenboy in a chase last time out over fences. Only beaten a half length in the attempts last year. I think he's a better horse this year. He seems to have improved amazingly from eight to nine and from nine to ten. And I think in a very, very open stairs hurdle, I think the storyteller could win this for Denise Foster. Do you think uh, Paisley Park's too short, 15A at the moment? Yeah, I suspect he is too short. I think he's he's been made an automatic favourite. Um, I, I just don't know. Coming back from losing the race last year, uh, he's had those two really tough battles with Time Hill. OK, he came out best in one of them. But uh, I, I think this race is there for the taking. And I think... Uh, Denise Foster, it's, it's, very, it's very strange saying Denise Foster when you know these are Gordon Elliott's horses, but uh, Sire de Berle and the storyteller, I think, are going to have real big says in the outcome of this stairs hurdle uh, on Thursday. And I think the storyteller is the one which is going to do the business here for uh, the Calentra stable, let's just say. 
Yeah, and it's corpse and distance form as well. I'll be interested to see if the storyteller does do the business in the Paris Burst or sort of what the, the reaction will be, um, maybe outside yeah. of social media and more around that. I mean, my, my sort of issue with Paisley Park is, I mean, it always hits that flat spot. And the question is, does he pick up? Again, could could be a potential a trade and running because you know he's going to trade bigger than 15-8 and running because he is going to hit that flat spot. It's the question if he if he picks up. But in Jim Delahunt is keen on the storyteller. It's currently 10 to 1. Uh, best price available. Lucky loaders, who are you with in the, in the stairs? Well, I'm actually with uh, Paisley Park. Obviously, we already mentioned that we had Aidan Coleman on for our day one preview. It was really interesting listening to what he had to say about Paisley. He says that Paisley is actually in the form of his life and they've got him in the best place they've ever had him. Um, and he thinks the form he's had with Time Hill, especially... The, 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 on his last run was his best ever performance and physically they're absolutely thrilled to, to bits where, where they are with him and uh, you, that that just fills you with confidence here and that and he'll be pleased obviously that Time Hill um, isn't going to be running um, yeah it's, I think Paisley Park I think he could arguably be a little bit shorter I think he could be round about a six to four kind of chance. I could see him uh, attracting a little bit more support. I don't think the Irish have got anything really for for me to worry about in the in this race. I, I would say probably the storyteller in my opinion would be the the, the pick of them. I can see uh, Jim's uh, angle in with the storyteller. I think his form this season has been fantastic, mixing it over fences and hurdles. He he is a horse that I do have in the back of my mind for for maybe a poke at the Grand National. Um, be interesting to see um, what price he is as we get closer uh, for, for the race there at Aintree, if he does go. But uh, yeah, I don't think the Irish have got really that strong a hand here. The one that I, well, I would maybe have a, a saver on is Roxana. Uh, I was talking about this on the, on the first day of the podcast because she does have an entry in the mare's hurdle, which Aiden said she should go for, which I'm wondering if he's scared that he would have to give away £7 to her. Um, but I think Roxana's best form is over three miles. He argued that it was over two and a half, but I completely disagree with that. I don't think she's got the pace now to win over two and a half. She travels well, but like I said, all her best form has come over three miles. And I know um, I was beating the drum earlier in the season about this, but I think... Um, yeah, I know entry is a different track to Cheltenham, but I think if they've if they tried her earlier on in her career a little bit more at three miles, we would have seen better results. She was an emphatic winner at Weatherby over three miles. She ran a cracking race behind Paisley Park and Time Hill in the race at Ascot, and then she absolutely dotted up at Ascot in the Grade Two mares hurdle there. You know, so I think three miles is definitely her bag, and I think they should give her a crack at it she's a strong traveling sort she can find the pressure and maybe her speed could give paisley seven to think about but yeah i think paisley um i think he if he is in the best form of his life like aiden said i think he should should go very close in this and i think he will take all the beat in and it seems like they've got him where they want him so for me paisley park it is but uh, Roxana could be interesting and i would hope they go to the stairs rather than the mayors with her uh, Pacey Park, Lucky Loaders, uh, he's 15 to 8. Um, interesting, Emma Lavelle, I know Jim alluded to this, currently opening a 29% strike rate at time yeah. of recording um, a week before Cheltenham. 
There's one um, I'd probably I'd like to hear your opinion on this, and that is uh, Gavin Cromwell's flooring porter. Obviously, won yeah. the last the last twice. Um, they've actually started to use different tactics with this one, just letting this one loose up front. Um, do you think this one could potentially steal the race from the front? I mean, I mean, I've I've, I've thought about this today, the potential how this race is going to be run. Um, and if you're Johnny Mouse, surely you know uh, Paisley Park's running still. You'd be wanting to hold on to this one and just keep that three, four length advantage for as long as possible and just try and quicken away. Paisley Park hits that flat spot and try and hold on, keep as much much in the tank as possible. I mean, I mean Gavin Cromwell, I mean, he's a top trainer. I just think this one, yeah. this one's currently a nine-to-one chance. And gets an uncontested leads and, and I mean, gets a bit of rope in front. I mean, it could be very dangerous. I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, my notes next to Flooring Porter say two words, young pretender. He's only a six-year-old. Uh, six-year-olds do win this race. The last one to win it was Cole Harden back in 2015. More of that won it in 2014. And of course, when Big Bucks won it for the first of his four times, he was only a six-year-old as well. Uh, Gavin Cromwell knows the time of day. There's absolutely no doubt about that. But I'm going to bring Flooring Porter back to my theory about the storyteller here because... Uh, Flooring Porter's form ties in as well with a horse called the Bossy's Oscar. And that's also a Foster Stroke Elliot horse. And that's the horse that earlier in the day on Thursday, I think, is going to win the pretemps of top weight of 11 stone 10. So if the Bossy's Oscar goes and wins a pretemps of 11 stone 10, you could argue that's a big pointer to Flooring Porter, of course, but you could also argue They've stuck the Bosses Oscar in to win the Portemps as the Elliot Stroke Foster team, but they've stuck Sarah de Burley and the Storyteller in to win the stairs. And that gets me back to the Storyteller in the stairs. So your angle, Jim Dillon, is uh, back the Storyteller right now at 10-1 and 4 important nights one and in. When uh, this one wins early on, earlier in the week, we're going to be sitting on a, a pretty Dutch bear here. Well, Floating, Floating Porter, I think, uh, is, is a young horse is going to run a very, very big race, and his form ties in uh, with some very good three-mile hurdle form in Ireland this season. Uh, I, I I wouldn't diss that horse at all in the stairs. I think he's got a very good chance indeed, and uh, his age will not stop him either. So Flooring Porter will run well, but again, uh, I think it's going to be uh, one for the old boys. Uh, Paisley Park is nine, uh, the Storyteller's ten, and I think the Storyteller's going to be good enough to win a stairs. Lucky Loris, just, uh, just to wrap this up, you know when we had uh, Johnny Moore on the Dublin Racing Festival, did he not allude to Florin Porter was pretty smart? Yeah, he... Did he not mention this race was a long-term plan? He No, he, he 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 did. He was quite sweet, I remember talking. I don't know if we maybe spoke to him on the podcast when we recorded it or if it was off camera, but he was quite sweet on Florin Porter. Very similar to a horse Gavin Cromwell had last year, but he was running, obviously, down in trip, Darva Star. Came out of the handicap ranks. I think Darva Star was winning races at at Wexford off like an Irish mark of like a hundred, you know, and then just went on a row. And that's a, kind of the similar profile that Florian Porter's got. I think he's got a chance, um, but I, I'd be a bit worried about him trying to make all in in a stairs hurdle. You know, I think I think this is uh, a bit more of a deeper race. And like I said, I think Paisley Park. I just can't. I can't get away from him. Um, I think Cheltenham is his course. You know, he's got a good record there. Obviously, they found what was wrong with him last year. But, yeah, for Porter, he's definitely an interesting runner. And if you fancied him, I wouldn't put you off him. But, yeah, I, I, he, I, I wouldn't back him if uh, if I had to nail my colours to the mast. 
Okay, so just to wrap up the last race we were going to be covering for uh, T3 of the Cheltenham Festival and the Paddy Power Stairs Hurdle. Uh, Chris Loder's keen on Paisley Park at 15 to 8. Uh, Leads to betting. And Jim Delahan is keen on the Storyteller at 10 to 1. And I'm quite keen on the Florian Porter at 9 to 1. Also, just keep an eye out on the Bosses Oscar, which runs earlier in the week, because that 10 to 1 and 9 to 1 could disappear very quickly. And that's um, that's all we, we have time for, uh, for day three of our Cheltenham preview. Uh, thanks for the analysis and tips, Jim and Chris, on a, a cracking third day at the Cheltenham Festival. Hopefully you can get some winners, uh, make some profit for, for the listeners. And also the listeners as well, thanks for continuing to support the podcast. The numbers in the UK and Ireland are looking very impressive. We couldn't do it without your continued support. It's deeply appreciated. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud so you don't miss any of our latest betting previews. Also, if you use iTunes to listen to our podcast, please give us a review and rating on iTunes. Our day four Cheltenham preview will be available to listen to on iTunes, Spotify on, and SoundCloud on the morning of Monday the 15th of March. I hope everyone has a great weekend and please gamble responsibly. 